wanted to go back to the topic of the core beliefs, the unhelpful beliefs that we often have about ourselves, such as I'm no good at this, I'm not very smart, I can't do things, I'm a bit pathetic, I'm no good with money, uh, the world is a terrible place, everyone's out to get me, etc, etc. We've all got our own individual set of those. Um, so one of the things I think is important is to not hate or be angry at those beliefs, that they're not necessarily a bad thing, or at least they weren't when they were created. Um, well, first of all, they are a part of you. They're, they're a part of yourself. You, you have them. They're in you. And if you hate them and rail against them, it's a bit like saying, I hate my left foot. Um, hating a part of your own self, rejecting a part of your own self, is never going to take you forward. It doesn't matter if it's a bad thing and you're right to hate it or you feel like, yeah, but it's a really bad thing, I want to hate it. It doesn't matter how bad the thing is. If you reject any part of your own self, you're not going to move forward, you're always going to be stuck. So you've got to accept yourself in the same way that if you had a little baby that was born and it had a birthmark, you would still love the baby, even though it has a birthmark. And you might later encourage the child to have some form of um, cosmetic procedure to hide the birthmark. It doesn't mean you won't take action, but you still love the baby. So that's the first point. Still love yourself as you are with all your unhelpful beliefs, or you're not going to make progress at changing the unhelpful beliefs to helpful ones. The reason those, uh, the second point is the reason that those beliefs actually appeared is because generally they appeared when you were a child and it may have been when you were a tiny baby and have no memory of it or it may have been later in life. I mean it may have, some of them did appear as an adult but they appeared when you were vulnerable, when something happened and you were vulnerable and you didn't know the best way to handle or deal with that situation. And whatever the belief was, it was a way to handle that. It was a way to cope with it. If, if your parents made you feel or you felt that they thought you were bad, it was actually, and you were a small child, it's actually more helpful to agree with them and, and believe that everything they say is true because if you disagree with them and rebel, which is pretty difficult for a small child to do in the first place, but that is a, a survival threatening thing to do. If you disagree with your parents when you're a tiny child, then what are you? You're nothing without them. You can't survive without them. So it's natural and it's in your best interests to agree with them and believe what they say. And that's just one example. But whatever the occasion that the belief entered your mind and there's no need to try and remember it. It's not at all necessary. Um, but whenever it did happen, it was the best thing you could have done. It was a really useful strategy. It kept you alive. It helped you to survive. So that belief was actually why you're alive today. And I think it's valuable to express that and have gratitude 
and congratulate yourself on that strategy. That was a strategy that worked. It doesn't work now and you want to change it because now it's getting in your way. But you still want to recognize that it actually was a fantastic coping strategy at the time. Now you have other strategies and that's the next point. You can create new strategies for dealing with whatever it was. So you can just say to yourself, I'm grateful, I appreciate that I created that strategy. That was really smart of me. But now I need to let that strategy have a rest, go to sleep. It's done its thing. It served its purpose. Now my purpose, my, my desire is to learn new strategies for dealing with that particular difficult and stressful situation. And for that, there's a bit of work involved because you don't have to identify when or why you got the beliefs, but you do have to identify what the beliefs are when they come up, what triggers them, and then take some time to see that same situation in a neutral, non-emotional way and create new strategies. So that's a work in progress that takes time. And then the last thing I want to say about these unhelpful beliefs is that there are a lot to do with forgiveness. Forgiveness for the people who may have created the reason why we got the beliefs instead of being angry at what they said or what they did or how we felt that led us to create the beliefs, to forgive them and to stop being angry at ourselves for having the beliefs and for being what we think we are, for being hopeless with money, for being weak or unable to do things. And on the topic of forgiveness, I just wanted to read this out, which is from my Ongo book um, in the Nonviolent Communication. Forgiveness is a letting go of past suffering. It is a release of the burden of any resentment or hate we might be carrying. It's a recognition that our holding on is based on fear. Fear that the past will repeat itself. Fear that somehow harm will continue. Fear that suffering will continue. Forgiveness is freedom from fear. Simply by touching this acceptance, this understanding, this belonging on any level, whether it's forgiving a person who was rude to us or forgiving the architects of war, we free ourselves from suffering. Moving toward forgiveness also honors the heart's dignity, our own dignity. It returns us to the ground of love, reminds us of our compassion and unwillingness to harm ourselves or others. Though we may never be able to forgive the action, we can begin to, see, begin to see the needs behind the actions so we can return to seeing the human being. Though the action itself may remain unforgivable, the human being is forgivable. Forgiveness is not permission for the unforgivable action to continue. When practicing forgiveness, we feel authentic regret for ours or for other people's actions. As Jack Cornfield puts it, true forgiveness does not paper over what has actually happened in any superficial way. It is not a misguided effort to suppress or ignore our pain. And it cannot be hurried. It is a deep process repeated over and over in our heart that honours the grief 
and the betrayal and in its own time ripens into the freedom to truly forgive. Forgiveness opens up the freedom within our own heart to find peace. Even when we experience great abuses, including physical and sexual violence, it is the holding on to anger, fear and resentment that can destroy our lives, not the actions themselves. The action may come and go, but what continues is how we live with it, how we walk in our lives with what happens to us. The biggest transformation we can make is to access acceptance, separate out the actor from the action, and touch forgiveness. We develop these practices so we can cultivate and sustain that power that is always within us, the power to let go of our own hatred and fear and live in peace, love, and forgiveness. So that was the extract. I always find it difficult to read peace, love and forgiveness because it sounds so hippie and woo-woo and then I'm immediately taken to thinking, oh, that's weak and silly. But I, I think it's not weak and silly. I think it's actually strong and courageous to um, forgive ourselves and forgive the people who, they didn't create the beliefs in us, but they committed the actions that led to us having that defense of having to create the belief. And it never serves to continue to hold on to anger, fear or resentment, no matter what the action was. And the action, whatever it was, is in the past. Nothing in the past can actually hurt you. Whatever's in the past doesn't exist. It's gone. It's a memory. A memory isn't a thing. A memory can't hurt you. Even if it's written down in a book, it's still not a thing. It's words on a page. It can't hurt you. Whatever has happened to you isn't hurting you. What's hurting you is the story you tell yourself about what's happened to you. Now, I, that doesn't, I don't want to be uncompassionate. Of course, I'm not denying that those things cause pain. They do and suffering. But I, for me, it helps a lot to see that suffering as a story I'm telling myself. I'm choosing to see the thing that happened to me in a certain way. I'm choosing to see myself in a certain way. I'm choosing to identify as someone who's not good at this or that or who always um, slide, backslides on their decisions or who can't make any headway. I'm choosing to tell myself that story because of some core belief and I can untangle that. I can, I can catch myself doing it I can realize it's just a story. There is nothing in my past. There is nothing that's happened to me that materially prevents my progress in any direction. The past is gone. It's nothing. It's interesting. It informs us. It gives us things to learn from, but it cannot have any power over you. Only you in the present moment have power over you. So I think I've um, um, slid into pontificating possibly. I'll stop right there. Hope it's been of use. Have a great day. Mm -hmm.